Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second podcast we've had Dan Hoffman on. The first podcast had to do with automotive work, and Dan sharing all of his tips, tricks, and insights on things he's done throughout the years to, first of all, establish account-based automotive work, how to price it, how to service it, and everything in between. On this edition, we talked about RV work. A lot of the concepts are similar in the RV industry, but there's a little different slant to it. We talked about a lot of really, really great things on this podcast. How to get around the objection of, I have a guy, when you go in to introduce yourself to an RV dealer. Dan talks about using all the services that Fibernew offers as a means of getting around that. We do cushions, we do plastic, we do leather, we do vinyl, we do dashes. It's really a gold mine or a treasure trove of Fibernew work that awaits inside an RV dealership. He talks about illustrating the value of restoration over replacement and to make it super clear for underwriters, not only on price, but on time and turnaround as well. And he talks about some techniques that he uses and approaches along those lines. As remains throughout any type of work, whatever the industry, whatever the clientele, Dan talks about finding a connection with the person you're going to do work with, building rapport with them, uh, whether it's an underwriter or a service manager or a salesperson, whoever it is, there's always a need to find that connection and, and just build that friendship first, then work comes second. He talks about saying thank you a lot. You can never say it enough and how much it matters. He talks about backing up his dealers and they in turn back him up. We talked about getting ready to take on RV work. Everything from watching the technique videos we've recently released to practicing the techniques, making sure you have all the necessary tools and products in place. We talked about getting familiar with pricing for the RV space. And we talked about being so organized you can take on and say yes to all the work inquiries that come in. The good thing about Dan is that he's available to talk directly to you whether it's on RV work or anything else you may be curious on, he's always willing to talk to fellow franchisees. So don't hesitate to contact him. Thanks a lot, everyone. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Take care. Cheers. Okay, so um, sitting down with Dan Hoffman, uh, live and in person. This is the second podcast we've done like this. Yeah, and it is. The first Pretty time fun. I remember saying it's kind of a novelty because usually this is over the phone, but yeah. it's always good to just sit down face to face. So thanks Excited for Excited to be here. here. Yeah, 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 cool. So we're going to talk about um, RV work primarily. And um, I know that's a big portion of the work you do right now in your business in Fiber New Portland. So mm-hmm. let's just first start with how you're getting that work. How, how do you get your foot in the door with RV dealers? Okay. Like? Yeah, a lot of... Uh, I my main process right now working with RVs is that I'm the RV guy in our business. Micah does most of our automotive, uh, and then has one main account for doing all the RV renovation. A lot of getting the RV work or going in and meeting people is is not just not just going in and say we do this this and this, but what is it that you're currently using somebody for? A lot of times, you know, they're already using somebody, but how do we make that better? Well, a lot of times I'll find out that, oh, there's a guy that's repairing chairs for us. Well, does he do lino floors? Linoleum or vinyl floors? Find a crack. Right. Find a a niche. Um, What's he doing with Corian countertops? Well, he doesn't fix those. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So it's it's kind of because there are so many differentiation pieces to an RV. There's always something you can find that somebody's not doing. It's not like auto where a lot of people are already doing all the auto interior repairs. Okay, so in this realm, it's a lot easier to find your service manager, you know, your service writer, or even your general sales manager, any of them. But usually you go to service and uh, find a something that's not being fixed. Okay. Well, we replace that. Well, why? Because it's cheaper. Well, is it really cheaper? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Okay. You know? So then, is it a matter of them maybe showing you something that they would replace and you giving them options? Exactly. Okay. A lot of times, they'll, have, they'll already have something on the lot that they're thinking about that their other guy couldn't do. Okay. Right? Thanks. Or, you know, feeding into the, 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 the situation that's occurring now for most of us is companies like Keystone and Forest River who are referring us to our local dealerships because they want us to look at floor repairs or look at damage to a chair. Got it. And so that's getting my foot in the door even before I even get there. And they're going, oh, I didn't know there was another guy out there that could do this kind of stuff. Well, let me show you what this, this guy's already doing for us. Right. Okay, let me show you what I can do for you. Okay. And then does that naturally lead into price shopping from their side? Or do you not even get into price? Are you just strictly about the service right now? You know, these yeah. are all the things. Like, here's the menu of services I can give you. Correct. I, I really do try to stay with a menu of service and quality. Yeah. In other words, I'm your guy. I'm available. When you call, you know, I'm going to be here. Right. Um, but as far as shopping prices go, um, you're going to be variable on pricing on anything within an RV. Yeah. Uh, what I typically try to do is I find out, Okay, if they're going to fix the vinyl floor, did they get a bid already from the warranty company to replace it? How, you know, where's the value that I come in? If I'm coming in at three fifty and the replacement cost is two thousand, and I know that I can make it look ninety five percent, and the customer will accept it, well then I've just you're in. I'm in. Yeah. And it's really you know it's really only something in the auto field you charge a hundred bucks for. Well. That's where you make up your difference for the smaller repairs that you do elsewhere. Got it. Because you do make a bigger chunk of money per hour working on on RVs. Just because of economies of scale, right? I mean, if you're exactly. working on a $100,000 trailer, Correct. obviously everything just elevates. <laughs> yeah, and just as an example, like we talked about earlier today, you know, I work on Airstream trailers. Well, a cushion repair on an Airstream trailer is one price, but you go somewhere else and say I work on a Keystone, they're expecting me to repair it for 125. Right. Well, I walked into Airstream and they handed me a cushion to repair. I got back and I put a price on it of 175 and she said, well, I already had $300 approved for this. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a pricing structure based on the quality of the product you're working on too. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And it was still just a 30 minute repair. Right. So. Same repair. Same repair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's not that I'm taking advantage of it, but that's what they're expecting because it costs 550 to replace the cover. For sure. Not 200 like you would find in a Keystone product or a Forest River product. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Same concept from automotive, right? I mean, a yeah. repair in a, in a BMW is quite often a different price point. Than exactly. A, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or now working in Teslas. Or Teslas. Or Teslas. Example. That's right. Disgusting. Yeah. Everything yeah. changes. Everything right? changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um... So let's say you get a referral from Keystone or another national partner. Um, that's one way of getting your foot in the door. What about just, you know, straight up cold calling a lot? Yeah. What cold, are some of the tactics? It, the, 
some of the ones that I use as typically because I've been in the industry so long in Portland as I have, um, being there 23 years, I'll always find somebody somewhere in a building that I know. And okay. if I don't, I'll try to find, I'll try to utilize um, maybe going to one of my other dealers and saying, do you know anybody at this dealership? And most of the time, I'll find somebody that can give me at least a warm lead. Okay. If I can go in and know a name and know a person to talk to, it makes it much easier than to go in cold. Absolutely. And I would say 90% of the time I do that. Now, recently, I did not. I actually went in cold to a, a small-time dealer, mm-hmm. found out I walked in, and this, the assistant service manager happens to be a guy I worked with 10 years ago. And I still remembered him. And he remembered me. And he was using one of my competitors, very low-quality competitors, mm-hmm. and he's, he looked at me and said, I didn't even think you were still doing this. And I said, why wouldn't you? I've been doing this forever. What else, what else would I be doing? And, and he said, yeah, he said, you definitely, I, I need you as a replacement option to what we've got. Because he said, I'm certainly not happy with what we have. Okay. Now, I haven't got work there yet, and I stop there every couple of weeks. Okay. And eventually, after they utilize me and see what we can do, then the work will stop, start piling up. We've, we've talked um, about the, the concept of, uh, quote-unquote, the, the good old boy scenario or the, the good old boy factor. And that's really some of what you're talking about, right, exactly. is that you're, you're finding out any kind of connection. Yes. And, and then do you want to just explain and expand sure. upon that? What does that mean? Um, let's go back to our earlier podcast. We talked about rapport. Sure. You know, if you don't have some kind of rapport with somebody... It makes it very difficult to build it. Mm-hmm. And you need to know um, some of those sales skills to do that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of mine is street knowledge. You know, I, I did listen to a lot of, you know, low-profile selling, a whole bunch of tape series back in the day, right? And I use a lot of it, you know, low, low negotiating tactics, things like that. I mean, real simple, simple things. But the rapport comes from having a name of somebody else. And in this industry, everybody knows somebody. Okay. So utilize, if you can, your current contacts to get other contacts. I mean, we all know that that's, that's how you build a business. Yeah. I mean, referred that. And it's the same way in any of the industry you're going to deal with. But the RV industry is pretty small. It's not nearly as big as your auto industry. So you go to an auto dealer... They may not know somebody within a region of your territory that, you know, they might be new to it or whatever. Sure. But you go to an RV dealer, and most RV people are, they've been around the blocks, and they've been from one RV dealership to another, and they know somebody. Chances are. You know, because it's a smaller group of people. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I will utilize that more often than not. Okay. Um, And then... I will also utilize the second source of making sure that, you know, I will name off manufacturers as being, you know, our, we're, we're the contracting repair technicians for these manufacturers. Sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll spout off some of the manufacturers and make sure they understand that we're the go-to for them. Yeah. And that always helps, especially if you're going into a cold, cold, cold one. You got no nobody to talk to or whatnot, yeah. you know. So we do uh, work for these... Manufacturers right. or even other dealers? Do you, yeah. do you go as far, far as mentioning other? Sure. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, I work right down the street for so-and-so. Yeah. I said, or I've worked at, you know, Curtis Trailers as a little mom-and-pop two stores, one on one side of town, one on the other. Phil Jackson, the fiber new guy yeah. on the west side, he handles that one, and I handle the other one. And I've been at that one for 23 years. Yeah. And they've tried other people and tried to bring them in, but nobody can service and give them the quality they want. They so they started to- fight. They stopped. They finally stopped fighting on price. 
They tried the rest and yeah. they with the best. Yeah, they hung with the best, exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. So. Um, what about competition in the space in, in Portland? You know, competition, do you go up against a lot or is it? Uh, it's not nearly as big. Okay. Um, a lot of the mom and pop shops, I find that they're the ones that have kind of found the niche, tried it, but don't do very well at it um, just because there's not a lot of options out there. Um, company called New Creations. Um, they've tried it. They don't do very well at it. Uh, company called Creative Colors, I think a lot of us have heard of. They're trying to get in the space. Again, um, I heard they tried to get in a space and get into one of my accounts, but they said they wouldn't actually show up to look at anything unless they paid them $150. Wow, okay. And I said, well, that's not going to get you very much work, but you know, you got to be available. And once you pick the space, you got to be able to stick with it because uh, when people call, they're going to expect you to respond. And you know, and that leads into another question you mentioned about uh, in RV work, there actually are emergencies that happen, and mm-hmm. there can be scheduling crunches and stuff like that. Do you want to yeah, talk about that sure. a little bit? So, in, in the especially dealing with RVs, um, a lot of people are buying their RV um, or ordering their RV. Okay, so they go to a show, yeah. they see the RV they want, they don't buy the demo, they order the one they want and still get a show price. Well, when that unit comes back, or when it finally comes in from the factory, it's gone over, you know, checks systems to see what's wrong and what needs to be checked and rechecked, because they don't always come from the factory perfect, we all know that. So there's always little things that have to be fixed. Well, a lot of times they're a warranty issue. Slide damaged the floor because somebody forgot a screw underneath it, you know, damaged the linoleum floor. Uh, the chairs were set wrong on one of the slides and they rubbed up against the wall and the back of it's all frayed or rubbed raw. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff that, that can happen. Um, same thing with a chair hitting a countertop. It can chip a countertop, things like that. So when they get in, they have usually about a week, week and a half before it gets delivered. A lot of times they don't find some of that small stuff or they don't call us on that small stuff till 24 to 48 hours before it needs to be delivered, yeah. which is which is kind of tough when you're trying to schedule stuff out and want to be available. So in my realm, because that's all I deal with, especially with my RV accounts, I make them my priority. Yeah. I will, you know, I'll bend over backwards if I have to, to make it happen, even on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. And we recently had that happen, which I explained to you earlier, is that yeah, we had a client, a high-profile client, buy a trailer. It came in with a whole bunch of warranty work. We did it all, got it ready to deliver. In the morning or the afternoon, they moved it down into the delivery spot to get it ready to set up. A big um, metal table uh, rod came out from the bed and slid and chucked the floor all up, but big chunks of it. So I had to call my son, and I wasn't around. I was gone at the time. I had to call my son and say, are you available to go out there Sunday morning at 8 o'clock and repair this so that this customer doesn't see this? Because this could actually cost the sale of this unit. He's already upset as much as he was. And he did go out and fix it, and the customer never saw the damage, and it got delivered. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Not to gouge them, but you obviously price differently in a situation like that. I mean, it's... Given certain circumstances, we will do that. They Factor understand. Yeah, yeah, they understand. I've been told by even some of my accounts, please feel free to charge twenty five or fifty bucks more for doing something like okay. that. So they're they're reasonable yeah. with the expectations. Yeah, we we do what's called an internal pricing for for repairs that are reasonable, where okay. we'll do a two hundred dollar cap price. Where right. this in this particular case, 
they had to actually eat this cost. This was an accident that happened on their lot. Yeah. Okay. On a Sunday service call, that did not come into play. We did not use that pricing, for instance, on that kind of damage. Yeah. They understood that that was an extreme situation yeah. and that they weren't going to pay their internal pricing cost. Okay. You know, But if I'm going by and they have a small repair that needs to be done, yeah, you know what? I'll throw it in and get done 200 bucks. Pay it's, it forward, right? It, 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 right? You get them out of a jam that it'll come back to you in spades. Exactly. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. As long as you're continually being that 95% guy, where 95% of everything being done is near perfect. Right. When that 5% happens, you could be the bad guy. So there are those situations that happen, you know, and that's the one time they'll try somebody else, find out that, well, wait a minute, we actually do have a good guy. He just can't absolutely make absolutely everything perfect, okay. you know, and, and it does become a perfection issue when you make things disappear as well as, you know, Micah and I have trained, trained to do, yeah. you know. And that's what we want to see, you know, from not only this podcast, but the learning of RV work. We want to see people succeed in this area. Let's talk about that a little bit. Is What all is involved in RV work? When we say the term RV work, okay. if we, if we sure. like build a list underneath of all, okay. the, all the types of things that you do well, let's, in RV. Yeah, let's start with RVs, recreational vehicles being a towable trailer. Yeah. Uh, a motorhome, A-class, which is fully encapsulated, A-class, you know, bus type. Yeah. You got a C-class, which has a van chassis. That's a mo- that's a motorhome also. It's got a van type front. Mm-hmm. The full vans, which are just a van and a cap on them, and they're built as a B-class. Now they got oversized B-class. Mm-hmm. Um, you got small trailers, pop-up trailers. You got, I mean, the list goes on of what an RV is, but it's a recreational vehicle. Yeah. There are cheaper ones. There are more expensive ones. Um, everything has vinyl. Everything has a cloth cushion or a vinyl cushion. Yeah. Everything has a countertop. Mm-hmm. Everything has a, it could even have faux suede or alcantara walls with stains in them. Right. Everything has a vinyl ceiling. Everything has plastic pieces, plastic trim pieces in it. Uh, leather, vinyl seats, dashes of vinyl, uh, plastic dash pieces. It's a fiber new gold mine. It, it's a gold <laughs> mine of, uh, of stuff to fix. Sure. I, I have yet, the only thing that we don't really do major repairs to, but I have done them, is wood trim. Okay. Where they've cracked and come apart. And the nice thing about the wood trim in those is they're a full material over a hard, hard-backed wood. Right. So it's pretty easy to fix because most of it's colored solid. So if you repair it properly, you can dye the safe surface of it and still make it work. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Okay. But yeah, and then all the way down to the linoleum and vinyl floors and carpets. We dye the carpets, repair the carpets of holes, damage, okay. things like that. The frayed carpets that come in or the binding on the carpets, we, you know, my upholster puts new binding on them. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a plethora. I mean, there's, there isn't anything in there that you can't do something to. And a lot of our, our core products are directly applicable, right? I mean, totally. We've got the product lined yeah. up. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing. And that's... You know, I only got involved in this some 20-some years ago in doing RVs because one of my accounts decided that I could do it. And she kept telling me, well, Dan, you do this. Why can't you do that? Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I started saying, well, I guess I can. I got the products. Let's see if I can make it work. And she started pushing me to do different things than I had ever done. And it was a service writer and a friend of mine. And I still know her today. She works at Airstream. Very nice lady. but. Yeah, and she reminds me of it often. You know, it was me that pushed you to do that. (laughs) 
So a lot of fun, and those people you get to be around, and you're still part of, and they remember you, and you know you've still been around 23 years, and you get old with them, and you know, but you're still doing it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, we talked about once you have a chance at a dealership about the the, the concept of proving yourself. So. Do you ever get into a scenario where you're just like, just let me try it. Let me just at least show you, you know, what I'm capable of. Or I, I'm kind of going back to a few minutes ago sure. about getting your foot in the door. But sure. what are some of the ways that you establish that relationship with the dealership and, and quote unquote, prove yourself to earn the work? Well, a lot of times uh, when they know that I've already been working with dealers... Uh, for the distance of time or the length of time that I already has, I have, yeah. then it's it's pretty pretty easy to get into other dealerships, especially when you say oh, I've worked for this dealer for twenty three years. Okay, huge right there. It's huge. Yeah. Proving yourself is is not just doing the work because there can be. I mean, your work until you really get seasoned in doing this could be marginal at best. But so how do we change that facet so that now, well, maybe it's the fact that you actually can do a cloth repair and the other guy can't. Okay. 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 Um, or your lino repair or vinyl floor repair just happens to look a little bit better than the other guys. You know, there's going to be just little things sometimes that are make the difference. Okay. Or showing up on a Sunday morning. Or showing up <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Right. Okay. And. You know, those guys, for instance, have thanked me multiple times for doing what we do. Yeah. And thanks goes a long ways. And you need to also remember one thing. Always be thankful back. Always say thank you for the work. Don't just assume that they know it. Because a thank you is what makes the difference between having the work the next day and not having it the next day. It can be you all can, the difference in the world. You can never say thank you enough. enough yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking because, of which, thanks again for doing this podcast. Oh, exactly. <laughs> no problem. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, we'd also talked about the value of jobs in RV and how a lot of that will even out the smaller jobs you do in, in other industries. Oh, exactly. You know, the evening out factor. Yeah. Let's talk about it's that. The, essentially, it helps with the law of averages. Okay. And law of averages says, you know, if you put this amount of money into this stock and this amount in this stock and yeah. this amount in this stock and leave it in all three, they even each other out to give you a law of average. Well, it's the same thing in doing the repairs. Just because I'm doing a, a, a vinyl repair in a car and I can only get 95 bucks for it and I'm spending an hour in it, when I go to do the same vinyl repair in an RV that gets me 300 bucks for the hour repair, I've just got a law of average that puts it at, what is that, 200 bucks? Yeah, roughly? you're on the winning side. I'm on the winning, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is I don't have to have as many service calls in a day to do you know, what I consider being my minimum, about 1,000 or 1,200 a day. So if I'm doing a 250 repair or 350 repair and another one that's a 450, well, I've just gone over the run. My day's done. Yeah. yeah. And it's not hard to do because you're doing it in a lot less time once you've refined your process. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, that's what we're, we're trying to do with, with, with new and better series and better programs and better technical assistance, which is going to be coming out. That's soon. right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's actually why you're here is, is yes. for, uh, for the workshop we're doing this week. And yeah. 
you mentioned earlier that uh, your very first vinyl floor repair took you the better part of a day. And, oh, yeah. And now you have it down to... Yeah, a, a science. Yeah. I mean, it does... It, things throw curveballs. I mean, you know, talking about that as we did a little bit ago, we were talking about somebody doing a very bad repair. And when they ask you to fix somebody else's repair, that is completely out of the norm. It's one thing to fix the damage by itself. It's another where somebody's created way more damage than they needed to and now we have to fix their process mm -hmm. so just because i would normally have had that repair done in an hour now it just took three hours right. and you got to charge accordingly if you're fixing somebody else's problem mm -hmm. you know yeah. as i did and have attained the account back but cool. you know <laughs> that that can happen any common objections you run into in in dealing with with rv dealerships um the only objection I think that I can I can really take away recently that I've dealt with is one particular company wanted to use somebody else because it was always thinking about the pricing. Always, and it didn't matter what the quality of work was until a customer finally said enough is enough. And that customer finally said enough and they called me back. I had to fix the issues, but got it to the point the customer would accept it so they didn't have to replace the whole floor. You know, most of the time it's not based on what we can do mm -hmm. or can't do. Right. Most of the time, well, we damaged something here on the lot. What's it going to cost us? Well, if you're doing it all the time, it's going to cost you regular fees. If I'm getting five warranties and one internal damage where it's internal cost to you guys, that's different. Then, yes, I can do a lower cost for you. Sure. You know, whereas everybody else is paying standard wholesale rate and you're not. But if all you're going to give me is, oh, I damaged this. Oh, I damaged that. Please treat us fairly. I can't keep running for stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't work. Okay. So, yeah. Same as any other industry. Yes. It usually comes down to prices. That yes. <laughs> price. Well, price is really, I shouldn't even say that because quite honestly, because the warranty companies pay it and it's based on replacement cost, if the onus comes back on you. You can charge whatever you want, mm -hmm. but you got to be able to stand behind it. And I recently, here's a good one to add here. I recently had one of my warranty clerks, I have a, a batch of them that work at Curtis, and I know each and every one of them I work with them. They recently had a manufacturer push them to call somebody else to bid the job. And what they said was, we have worked with Dan and Fiber New for 23 years. We back him, he backs us. We will not call another individual unless you want to call them personally and back them up on your warranty. Okay. So you, your relationship is so strong. There's, there's a wedge in there. Yes. Yeah. They said it's not worth our time yeah. to have a customer come back. And if that customer comes back, we know that Dan will cover it because he always has. But he doesn't have comebacks. <laughs> so, you know, the, the point being is, is that they put it back on the manufacturer, the onus on them. Because what the manufacturer wants to get out of is once the job is done, they don't want to have to pay for it a second and third time. Okay? So, if they call somebody, then that onus puts it back on the manufacturer. If the dealership calls somebody, the onus is on them. Well, I back up my work. So, they don't have to worry about it being owned on, on their part. Okay. I own it. Got it. And I will always back it because of, but because of the relationship I have. Speaking of relationships, you've mentioned um, whether it's a service manager or an underwriter that, I mean, to the point that they're just, they're texting you. 
Correct. Right. So yeah, you you they have that through line to you all the time. Yes. Um, I think it's very important, especially in this industry, yeah. especially in the RV industry. Okay. You, you if you don't have a one on one rapport with all the service advisors, all the warranty clerks, um, and it should be either by an email or text message. Mm-hmm. And they should be able to get a hold of you and get a response within 10 to 15 minutes. Because a lot of times they're looking at a trailer inside for damage purposes that they have to get assigned for a warranty cost. Right now. Right now. Mm -hmm. And that means they're walking through it with the customer on the lot as they're checking it in for work. Right. So you don't want a phone call. I don't want a phone call. I want a picture of the damage so I can tell them, yes, I can fix it. Then all they have to do is tell the customer and we'll take care of it. Plain and simple. And then you're probably there and the next day doing it. Well, I'm either doing it. that or they're getting a warranty cost so they can get it approved and then I'm doing it in the next two or three days. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Everything's pretty compressed. Yeah. That, you have to compress that time because too many times, especially during the high season that's coming up, nobody wants to be without their trailer. They're going to use it. Yeah. And, and in, in Oregon, this is what we're coming into. I just left there. It's 82 degrees. You know, people are going to want to use their trailer. Yeah. It's that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. I had one today that I had to tell them because it's a countertop repair, you better better have it come back. And it's not something they stops them from using it. It's just a small scratch in the countertop. Cosmetic. You know, yeah. cosmetic. But there are things that happen that are damaged that makes the trailer unusable. I mean, they can have frame issues. They can have problems with certain amount of beds and, and materials and stuff that just Absolutely. don't allow them to be usable. Yeah. So yeah. it's got to be done and got to be done right. So if, if you were to package together an action plan for a franchisee who, who's not doing RV work right now. Mm-hmm. And you were to kind of say, this is what you got to start with. This is how you can establish the beginnings of a relationship. This is how you prove yourself. These are the things you have to do to, to get in there and then replicate that with another dealership. Correct. How would you distill that down? I mean, what, I, I would say, obviously we've talked about the rapport issue of you got to get a face and somebody that you can build off of. I mean, essentially that's Get that it. name. Yeah, get, get that, that name. connection. Right. Okay. Once you have a connection and a name, how confident are you going to feel in the repair work you're doing? Okay. So you got to be able to back up what you're doing because not only is the industry tough, but the materials are tough to work with. And doing some of the repairs that we do don't always turn out the best you think they're going to turn out. Okay, so we're talking about that actually before we even right, right. approach it. But I, you are. You have to know that you can handle what they're going to give you. And um, it's not like working on your auto vinyl, which is a solid color and a solid pattern. Um, there are multi-patterns. There are multi-facets. So you may choose to only be able to do one or two things when you first start. Okay. And then as they throw you different things, you can adapt to those you're going to have to learn multiple techniques and use the videos that are out there mm-hmm. and the resources out there, you know, like myself and Alker and Jack and Michael, yeah. you know, that have some techniques and knowledge of how to duplicate patterns and do things that you just don't see anywhere else. Fair enough. You know? yeah, and, so we're talking about some practice. There is some practice, just, yeah, yeah, especially in repairs. And you got to know when to say when. And you got to have a poster available to be able to reupholster things if you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they want that because you still save them money there too. Mm-hmm. So but you're the yeah, go-to guy. You're the go-to guy. So yeah, even before you 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 base a rapport knowledge with somebody, how much can you conceivably say I feel confident doing? Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Get some training and knowledge. What do you feel confident doing? Do some homework. Do some homework. Yep. Get yourself somewhere where you understand, okay, I feel confident if they give me a lino or a vinyl floor, I can repair it. Mm-hmm. How big of a repair? You feel good in just a one inch, two inch? Or what if the tear is a four and a half inch by a 10 inch long tear? You know, mm-hmm. uh, how do you do the color work? How do you do all that? Those are, those are the questions you have to answer. Once you get a compartment of items you feel confident doing, then I would say, you know, feel free to start looking at the different RV accounts that are available. Mm-hmm. And you don't just have new dealers. I deal with a lot of the new dealers because they're the ones that have the manufacturers that work for them for warranty. Okay. You might be better off, go to those used dealers. The ones that have used trailers, used motorhomes. Yeah, ones that don't have, you know, a, a brand new one to work on all the time. Where they know your work, say the guy's only doing lino floor repairs for 150 Okay, well, you go in for 125 and get all the practice you want. You're probably still going to be better than the guy they already have. Yeah. Just look at the repairs he's been doing and make them better than that. You know? That, that's how you prove yourself. Yeah. That's how you get paid to practice. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and your used dealers are some of your easiest ones to, to, to work with. I mean, they're going to be more price conscious, don't get me wrong. Uh, but they're still going to want to see a repair that passes the eye inspection mm-hmm. because it's not like a car. A lot of things get missed because of nooks, crannies, crevices, shadows, things like that. When you get into a motorhome, typically everything is seen, especially in a good light of day. Mm-hmm. Now, at night, it's a little different. Right. But during the day, yeah, you're <laughs> going to see things. So how well can you hide the repair that you're doing? You know, And most of the time, we're going to be able to do it better than the last guy. Okay. So do some homework. Yep. Figure out what materials we're we're going to deal with. Mm-hmm. Do some practicing. Uh, we've got some technique videos out there yep. on this. You've got support lines like crazy to many different individuals. Yeah, exactly. Um, not only on technique, but maybe even on pricing as well. You know, because there, there are a lot of different factors involved. Yes, um, I would say you know on pricing, you can start with your general pricing of auto and add twenty five percent. If you want to go with a general price. Is that right? Answer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and that'll at least give you a base to start with. And as you see and go along with that, you can change that and vary that. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, gotta, I see part of that homework on the materials, also homework with the value of some of these units, because that's going to help you with pricing, is it not? I mean, correct. Um, knowing the, the value of a brand new Airstream versus, yes. you know, um, you know yeah. Fox Valley or whatever it is right. in, in between. So, right. Make that part of your homework plan. It is, it is important. Yeah. Know the value of what you're working on. Absolutely. Yeah. Same as anybody else or anything yeah. else. Um, so try to establish some uh, some, some kind of rapport about names. Yeah. yeah. Get yeah. some names. Yeah. Go around, make some phone calls, get some names. You know, I'll I'll call up and find out who's who. If I have no reference or reference point, you know, I say, well, who's your used trailer guy? Well, we don't have one. Well, service manager. Can how I speak does this to work? Yeah, yeah. How does this work? Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, even in the auto industry, if that's all you're doing or say all you're doing is furniture, a lot of times some of these furniture companies even have rapport with people because they're providing secondary furniture to trailers and motorhomes that don't have it. So they might know somebody. Sure. So it's pretty simple because, you know, if you're not doing all the upholstery work, they're definitely buying furniture somewhere. That's right. So that can typically get you the name and get you in the door. Okay. Once you get in the door, then it's up to you to follow through and be able to supply, you know, the repair they're looking for. Because mm-hmm. it means they're letting you in to look. And at that point, it's then then all that homework you've done on repairs, you know, 
pricing, things like that, they're going to start checking and balancing you. They're going to start looking at things. They're going to actually say, okay, where are you on this? How much is this going to cost? What's the expected end result? Mm-hmm. They're going to want to know that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. At that point, now we're, we're going to start doing work and we need to show them what we're capable of doing. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. We talked about a concept of being so organized that it opens you up to say yes to almost anything. Do you want yeah, to talk about that a little sure. bit? I like that concept. What does that mean exactly? Uh, so once you get past the point that you actually understand the materials you're working on, you've been in an RV enough to know, well, I've got two-tone effect vinyls. I've got a, uh, a satin effect with a different darker and a, a layering of color on this kind of material. Or i got a floor that's a you know, wood grain. Well, I can do that one, but I can't do this one and stuff like that. Okay. You're going to start overlaying different things. People are going to start asking you, well, wait a minute. If you're doing this upholstery, why can't you do that? Okay. So that's usually how it it happens. They're saying, well, you're our upholstery and floor guy. Can you do curtains? Uh, Yeah. Well, at first I didn't know I could. I just said yes. (laughs) You said yes first. Okay. Then I figured out later I could. Sure. I have a gal that does all of my curtains and upholstery and does small type stuff. Okay. Um, found out, you know, by making curtains for something else, I figured, well, she can do my RV curtains. Why not? You know, why not? Yeah. You find the material that's, you know, what you need. If, if your customer wants some specific, then make them go find it. I have a place to send them. I know where to send them to look for materials. Mm-hmm. I know how to get them a discount there for the materials they buy. So I don't have to be responsible for choosing the wrong fabric. Right, that helps. You don't want to get involved in that if you don't have to. Offload that. Offload that. So, and I'm fine with that because I don't make enough money on the on the materials anyway. Not for stuff like that. It's not worth my time. Once they bring me the materials, then I can put that together. I can get a base of what I'm building. Either if there's none there, you know, I can build it off what's there, Mm -hmm. um, or take them something to pattern it off of and build the same thing. Point being. Just bid a job for an Airstream. It was $1,200 to buy from Airstream, and I bid it for $800, and she's pretty sure the customer's going to go for it. Job's not going to really cost me that much. They're just curtains, but they are specific, you know, little tabs and little things that go into certain curtain rods. It's not like a normal curtain. Okay. Okay. So you do have to understand there's little little nuances there's little pieces and you got to know where to buy those and who to buy them from and stuff like that so you'll you'll start picking up the lingo the more you work in them but start with something simple i mean we're going to have the concepts of you know the vinyl floors being one of the mainstays of of this business and having this as a teaching mechanism to other things you know stick with the upholstery the basic upholstery the basic leather the basic color stuff that you know you can do sure practice on some of those light materials practice on the floors you know, if you find a plastic repair, great. If you find a vinyl dash, great. You know, those are the kind of things I would say to start with. Okay. But once you start getting in there and you understand what's all in there, then it's just going to move you into saying yes, yes, yes. And all you got to do is just find the right people, the right materials, and get the job done. Makes total sense. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, a bit of a, a, a raw, raw point in wrapping this podcast yeah. up. But it, any other points of raw raw that, that you could uh, you know pass on uh, you know the biggest thing for me and I just recently acquired 
in the last two years of doing this full time, really the RV industry, um, because I had to split, I had to split my business up because we were doing so much of one thing and trying to do it together, Micah and I both. Yeah. Well, he likes to do, you know, for those of you who haven't heard, Micah Hoffman's my son. He's been doing it since he was 12. Mm -hmm. He's 25, going to be 26 this summer, and he's still working with me and, and my partner. He does all of my auto industry mm -hmm. uh, fully, and then um, he also has taken uh, one of our main hub RV, used RV businesses that's based only a mile from our house. They use us for absolutely everything. And the rah-rah here is that we do for them, in this particular case, what it would take three vendors to do. We mm -hmm. remove materials, we remove seats, we do all the upholstery work, we find all the upholstery, we do all the stitch work, we do all the repair work. That's three different jobs. R&R &R of, uh, of raw pieces, mm -hmm. that's one. Doing upholstery work, that's two. Doing repair work, that's three. And so when they started price checking different things and realizing what they were getting, right. they, they, like, hey, they stopped questioning. Yeah. Because they were way. trying to get us to do stuff cheaper and they didn't realize how inexpensive we were already doing it. Okay. So then that put me in the position that I could do all of the extenuating RV accounts. You know, because I've got four on my own and they're calling me quite regularly. I can be at... I can be at any one of those up to two and three times a week okay. because they're calling so quick. And my rah-rah here is the fact that I get paid way more money hourly to do a repair in an RV <laughs> than I do in an auto. Okay. And I can do a whole, lot, a whole lot less work, but more artistic work, which is what I really like to do, okay. and be paid well to do it. Pretty perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It really is. Yeah. And... And it's just, it makes better sense, you know, but you, you got to be prepared, you know, if you're doing it by yourself or your business is by yourself, you got to be prepared to build that facet into your business and then figure out how much can you handle before you've got to bring somebody else on to do it. Because yeah. there's no way with our business now, there's no way you could have one person doing all of what we're doing. Right. It's just, there's too many interchanging inner pieces that happen because doing a lintel repair or a vinyl floor repair is not the same as going next door and doing a leather repair. You know, they're completely two different things. Right. Not that we carry different materials, but we, we carry all the same stuff. Right. It's just a completely it, different approach. It's, and, yeah, yeah. Changing your mindset. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Different clientele. Totally. Different pricing. Everything. Yeah. 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 But it's still very much core fiber new, isn't it? Yes, I mean, very core fiber new. Yeah. Yeah. All the materials we have can do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Anything else you want to add in closing? Uh, look forward to having everybody watch our technical videos we're yeah. going to be putting out. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it'll probably be a little bit before it gets edited and put it together. We'll see how it all turns out. Yeah. And uh, we got a great class here in a couple of days. I'm looking forward to doing the first class. So it's going to be fun. Fantastic. All right. Thanks for your time. You bet. Good. Thank you. Cheers.